Welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Ong. Here with me is Master Teacher Jaya Laxmi Ayadure. Hi, Jaya. Hi, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Jaya has taught English language and literature at the secondary level for more than 30 years and also served as head of department for English language. She was with Teachers Network as a professional development officer before her current appointment as master teacher for English language. Let's dive into this topic of multiliteracies in teaching, reading, and viewing. Jaya, what is multiliteracies in the context of teaching, reading, and viewing in an English language classroom? Victoria, let's begin by first revisiting what multiliteracy is about. The traditional notion of literacy is the ability to read and write texts. Multiliteracies is an expanded notion of literacy involving the linguistic, cognitive, sociocultural, and developmental dimensions. Beyond having the ability to read and write, a multiliterate person is able to respond to and use multiple modes such as print and visual text to communicate on paper face-to-face or using electronic platforms. So when reading and viewing texts, our students need to comprehend, analyze, and critically evaluate a wide variety of types of texts. These range across print, non-print, and digital resources from different social contexts on diverse topics and in different subject areas. As teachers, we need to ensure that our students develop the literacy skills to do that to enable them to be multiliterate. The range of types of texts and our notion of what texts are have evolved over time. What specifically do we now need to know about texts? Your question is spot on, Victoria. Texts that are made up of words only are linear in the sense that they are often read from left to right. However, the textual landscape has changed significantly. Now, Texts are often non-linear and multimodal, combining two or more modes of communication, such as written language, spoken language, still and moving images, sound, gestures, and graphics. As English language teachers, we need to provide our students with authentic and meaningful language learning experiences so that they can develop both receptive and productive skills and learner strategies for dealing with multimodal texts of different types and forms. Ah, so it is important that teachers include multimodal texts when planning reading and viewing learning experiences for their students. Yes, the use of multimodal texts is important for building the skills and competencies that our students need to be multiliterate and future-ready. As EL teachers, we have to be sensitive to the evolving nature of texts. Our choice of texts in the classroom must extend beyond those used in the national examinations. We should draw on the wider range of textual resources in the real world. The EL Syllabus 2020 recommends the use of rich texts. These are texts that are rich in content, well-written and engaging to our students. They can be literary or informational in nature. By using authentic multimodal texts, such as a web page or an illustrated storybook in our listening, reading and viewing lessons, we can bridge the world of the classroom with the real-world context where such texts are understood and used. We do this by teaching our students the skills 
learned strategies, attitudes, and behavior, the SSAB, they need as readers and viewers to negotiate multimodal texts. These SSAB enable our students to analyze and evaluate writers' use of different semiotic modes and features to make meaning. And as our students apply what they learn as listeners, readers, and viewers to communicating their ideas through speaking, writing, and representing, they become producers of multimodal texts. So they'll also learn to use the visual, linguistic, spatial, gestural, and audio semiotic modes and features to create meaning for various purposes and audiences. In this way, our students will grow to become discerning readers, creative inquirers, and empathetic communicators with competencies that are critical for them to be effective in the digital age. Hmm, I see. We will enable our students to be multiliterate through their learning experiences in the various areas of language learning. In the teaching of reading and viewing, how can we develop multiliteracies? To develop multiliteracies in reading and viewing lessons, we need to draw our students' attention to the nature of text, the functions they serve, and the semiotic modes used to convey meaning. Let me elaborate on how this translates into classroom practice using multimodal texts. When we design reading and viewing learning experiences, we consider the nature of the text that we want our students to interact with. We identify different types of multimodal texts for our students to read and view. These may include texts that entertain such as narratives and poetry, or texts that evaluate or persuade such as proposals and commentaries on topical issues of the day. We also provide our students with opportunities to interact with hybrid texts such as advertorials, which have the dual purpose of providing information as well as advertising a product or service for which the information is relevant. So does this mean that in the teaching of reading and viewing, we should select a range of multimodal texts, including hybrid texts, or texts that have more than one purpose? Yes, that's right. And we teach our students to be adept at identifying the purpose or purposes and the intended audience of each type of text. As students interact with a variety of texts, we can lead them to learn that any given type of text may be produced in different forms that are appropriate for different contexts and cultures. For example, texts that instruct can take the form of a purely visual street sign or a YouTube video on how to use your washing machine. So, we teach our students to analyze the writer's use of semiotic modes and features in these forms of texts. They learn how these contribute to achieving the purposes of the texts for their audience and are appropriate to the relevant contexts and cultures. Through their analysis, students find out how the vocabulary, grammatical structures, font type and size, colors and images are deliberately chosen to suit the purpose, audience, context, and culture, the PACC of the text. And of course, the PACC of a purely visual street sign is quite different from that of a YouTube video on how to use your washing machine, even though they are both instructional texts. Yes, that's why it's important for students to uncover how effective communicators choose semiotic modes and features to suit the PACC. 
Could you elaborate on how we can guide students to analyze the semiotic modes and features of texts during reading and viewing lessons? Sure, Victoria. Let me illustrate how we can guide students to do this through the three phases of a reading and viewing lesson. Images, both moving and static ones, are such versatile resources to use at any level for EL teaching. Anthony Brown's picture book, Gorilla, is one such example which is available in both print and digital forms. It's a story about little Hannah who loves gorillas and her workaholic father who has no time for her. I'll use gorilla to explain how we can develop multiliteracies when teaching reading and viewing. In the before reading phase of a lesson, we can contextualize students' learning by explaining to them that they will read and view a multimodal text. They will examine how the linguistic, visual, spatial, gestural and audio modes and features act together to convey its meaning and achieve its purpose. We can explain that their inquiry into this multimodal text is to enable them to produce one themselves and so achieve a writing purpose of their choice. For example, we could guide students to write and represent their ideas in a narrative about their adventure with an animal. Or we could support them in crafting a personal response to the story of Gorilla using text and images to express and connect their thoughts. We could also scaffold the learning process to enable students to write a social commentary about parent-child relationships or on the theme of loneliness. So we offer a learning experience to students that involves analyzing a text as part of an inquiry into what makes multimodal texts work. Then we show our students how they can produce such a text themselves. That's exciting. Yes, isn't it? Reading and viewing are processes of inquiry. As a lead into the inquiry, we can provide students with a few prompts about animals in captivity, such as gorillas in zoos, and invite students to present their thoughts and questions on this topic. We can show them the cover of the book so that they can read and view it as we ask questions such as, What do you think this story is about? What do you think is the writer's purpose in telling this story? Which semiotic features are used on the cover of the book? We use these questions to stimulate students' curiosity about the text. Our questions can also lead students to begin examining the semiotic features used in the book's cover design. For example, how the vocabulary, typography, images, colors, and facial expressions relate to one another. We do this to help students make informed guesses about the story. This way of leading students into the text equips them with some of the questions that they can use to analyze any multimodal text. The approach I have been describing prepares students to play their various reader roles when they proceed to read and view the text as code breaker, meaning maker, text user, and text analyst. With the students' curiosity about the text peaked, what do we do in the next two phases of reading and viewing this multimodal text in the during and after phases of the lesson. In the during phase, students can skim the text for the main ideas. We can then demonstrate, using a think aloud, the learner strategies that we will use to read and view a short segment of the text. 
For example, in the scene where Hannah is sitting at the breakfast table with her father busy reading the newspaper, we can state what we think the author's message and purpose are and identify the linguistic and visual elements that communicate these. We can zoom in on the specific words and visuals to confirm the identified message and purpose. For instance, we can point out in the illustration of this scene how the physical layout, arrangement and distance between Hannah and her father and the choice of pale colours work together with the text that says, he didn't have time for anything. In combination, these elements depict the sterile environment and distance relationship between parent and child. By doing this, we guide our students to understand how Anthony Brown combines textual information and visual elements to carry his message and achieve his purpose. After this, students in groups can engage in collaborative conversations and apply the learner strategies that we've modelled to analyse the next part of the text. They can use the text analysis framework introduced to them in previous lessons to guide their use of meta-language to describe the semiotic modes and features. While students engage in exploratory talk as they analyse the text, we can of course monitor their responses and provide the necessary feedback. In the after-reading phase, students can demonstrate their knowledge and understanding of the use of semiotic modes and features when they plan to produce their own multimodal text. Wow, Jaya, thanks for the elaboration. As EL teachers, there is a lot we can do to help our students develop multiliteracies for the 21st century. Would you like to share with us your final thoughts on the development of multiliteracies in reading and viewing? Victoria, as EL teachers, we aim to create the learning opportunities and provide appropriate scaffolding to help all our students to read and view a rich and diverse range of texts. Ultimately, we want to empower our students to inquire into and reflect on how semiotic modes and features convey meaning in the multimodal text that they read and view on their own. To all our EL teachers, I do hope that you'll enjoy your exploration of multiliteracies in reading and viewing with your students. I'm sure you'll be amazed and delighted by your students' discoveries and shared experiences with multimodal texts. Jaya, thank you for your insights. Thank you for the opportunity, Victoria. And that's it for today's podcast. For this episode's show notes, do visit our podcast website at go.gov.sg forward slash ELIS podcast. Thank you for listening.